Because at the beginning is the vitamins of the podcast where you're like, hey, pay me money to keep me going. And hey, here's another way to pay me money. And hey, I'm going to be on this show, which basically pays me money. Uh, so by the way, here, take the vitamins. And like, if you're like a super fan who doesn't want to hear any of that shit, you just skip past the first two or three minutes of the podcast, right? And like, I'm not any good at that. I can't really do it. I've been trying to do it lately. I'm okay. I'm getting better. I'm getting less self-conscious, yada, yada, yada. But like in person, I know who I am when I travel. I've traveled to many places alone or with somebody else, and I know who I am. I wake up. I feel great. I go out. Uh, I go someplace. Uh, I guess I won't get breakfast anymore since I now have my breakfast on me. So I guess like now I'll look forward to lunch or the first meal of the day, and it won't be breakfast food. That's cool. That's an adjustment, but that's fine. Uh, and like, I'll have a good couple of hours and I'll be like, God, maybe this could be my life. Like, maybe this could be who I am. And I'll be all happy in the new place for just like, I don't know, a couple of hours. And then like, I'll just walk past some fucking, I'll walk past a screen or a newspaper stand or something and I'll see a headline and that's that. And then I'm right back to who I always fucking write at. I have to pull it up, and I have to look at it, and I'll look at it, and I'll look at the story. I'll be like, oh, you, are you fucking kidding me? This is Dick Army's proposal from fucking 92. You don't even know who Dick Army is. You think I'm just making up a name. His name was Dick Army, and he proposed things, and people listened to him. His name was Dick Army, and we had to say it with a straight face, so you have to hear me saying with a straight face, because I had to practice that his name was Dick Army. And he was really, really important. His name was Senator Dick Army, and that's how he referred to himself. Not Rich Army, not Richard Army, not Senator Army. He'd say, call me Dick Army. I had to practice that one, so you have to hear it. And so, like, I'll read the news story about, like, Dick Army or anything like that. And, like, you know, and I'll just be like, oh, now I got to talk about insurance. I don't I don't want to talk about insurance for five minutes tonight, but if I don't, there's no way I'm going to be able to read a poem and not have that on the back of my head. I'll be reading the poem and be like, Eliza, I shall love you forever. Ever I shall love thee. And if ever you shall cough, I'll be like, ah, see, ah, cough, ah. Okay, so let's talk about the insurance real quick. And I'll just go fucking off, right? I can't. That's just how it happens. There's like there's the 10 to 20% chance that I'm going to encounter some love letter where like the guys are like and if ever you should turn ill because all all romance was written before the year 1900 that's just a well established fact. All unicorns, all actual romance and all magic died in the year 1900. That's just a fact. We all know it's true. And so, like, because there's a decent chance it'll be the 1800s, there's going to be some references to sickness. So if I read something about, like, universal healthcare being stalled up by some subcommittee, either I rant about that, or it just there's just a chance it just explodes out of me. Like, when I started talking about the Amanda poem, the other, the other broadcast. Because if it's pent up, I'm like, ah! It just comes out. I have to deal with my emotions. And then, once I know what they are, I'm like, okay, I can handle that. So... I understand. This is me telling you how boring live shows are going to be, trying to sell you on live shows. Whew. So I understand that. God damn it, it's going to be a show. So I understand that, but knowing that and knowing that you're my fan, what has to happen then when I'm in a show that night and I don't have time to process it is I'm going to do have to do a little rant. You don't want to hear about insurance caps. I know that. You don't want to hear about it. 
I don't want to hear about it. I've studied it voluntarily, and I hate it. So I know there's zero chance you want to hear about universal health care or my thoughts on it or what's going I know that. I know if there's anything you just want, if there's anything you want me to do, you just want me to lean forward into the mic and go, baby, whatever your politics are, I'm going to like that pussy and fuck you so good and treat you with such respect, as little or as much as you deserve in and out of the bedroom. Right? I get that. I get what I'm supposed to do. Fuck that. 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 I could never be happy. Do you understand if I did that for an hour on stage that you couldn't meet me at a bar after I did that for an hour on stage? Because if I went to a bar after doing that for an hour, it would just be pounding double shots until I no longer remembered my name. I would just be like, I'm a used car salesman. What the fuck is happening? What did I... I, All the sacrifices and all the off-roads I took... And this is who I became. I just became like a televangelist for a smaller crowd of horny women. Glug, 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 glug. So that's that's just not gonna, that's just not like how it's gonna be. I have to be me. And I'm gonna have to like talk to you about like, you know, the, the story of the day that's pissing me off or, you know, what's happening. And you're not gonna want to hear it. So I'm going to, again, do the voices and shit. I've got like a little I, – I got the Carlton kind of dance down. Carlton from Fresh Prince. It's going pretty good. I got the Carlton kind of going on. I can do the Alfonso pretty all right. And like like I'll do that and like talk because I know it's not entertaining. It's like, okay, you've been great. You've been great listening to me talk about how Republicans and Democrats are exactly the same on this issue for two minutes, even though you don't fucking believe me and you think I'm a goddamn insane person. Here's 30 seconds of Alfonso. Okay, but even though it's 30 seconds of Alfonso, I still got to tell you that the caps that are increasing are actually going to go ahead, and here's what's going to happen down the road to your children if it keeps going at the same rate. Right? And then... That'll be like the first couple of minutes of the show. It's like, okay, now we reset. And then I'll just spin around and be like, hello, who's ready to feel sexy? Are you ready to start the show for real now? Now that we've gotten that out of the way, are you ready? Are you sure? Who's ready to feel so good for Valentine's Day? Because I'm not. And I really want to talk more about this whole dick army situation. And here's what we're going to go ahead and do before I get to your quick quotes. And that's going to be, that's the introduction to pretty much every live show. And if I come out and I just start telling jokes and shit, or if I just start entertaining, you'd be like, oh, you know what that means? That means it was a good day in the news. If you're left of center, that means it was a good day in the news. This never happens. It's like Groundhog Day in reverse. He never comes out and just starts entertaining. He never comes out and does that. Oh, that means somebody somewhere. Oh, I think I think Bernie got sainted or something. I don't even like Bernie Sanders that much. I think some some fucking indigo girl just got crowned or won some award or some shit. There's only one way that happens. Did they finally add Jerry Garcia to the Baseball Hall of Fame? If you're wondering if Jerry Garcia was a great baseball player, the answer is no, he wasn't. I just want him to be added to everything. Just always let there be 
Jerry Garcia with nine and a half fingers in everything and just let it confuse future generations. Take him from different points of his life. Always, always show the wax figure with nine and a half fingers so people know for sure. And like two, three, four hundred years from now when people are deeply confused and like looking back, they're like, boy, there was a couple of people who were just everywhere. Michael Jordan, Jerry Garcia. What was happening? Was was this the beginning of the genetic Superman? What was happening there? Jerry Garcia had nine and a half fingers. I don't know if you know that. It's a true story. He played the guitar with half a finger. That's a true story. And he was that fucking good at it. Nine and three quarters? Oh, I didn't know. All right, Frankie. Frankie has now fact-checked me for the third time today. So Frankie is now my least favorite person. All right. <laughs> nine and three quarters fingers. Guess what? I have two full fingers for that response, Frankie, at my live show. And you can get every part of both of them. There you are. <laughs> I still love you, but welcome to live show Jack. And if you say something in the crowd, this is what happens. If I don't jump off stage and, like, stand behind you and start narrating you, which I have thought about doing if somebody heckles me. Because why heckle back when you could just jump off stage, stand behind them, and be all like, Hello. I'm a fat, worthless funk. I come to a show to ruin everybody's time. The light's on me, and I'm trying not to feel uncomfortable about how ugly I am under it. You know, stuff like that. Like, oh, no! R really? Don't do that! Yeah, I will. Now that's definitely worth the fucking money! <laughs> heckle back! Fuck that shit! You know I can heckle back! No, I want to, like, play with it in real time, see where it takes me. I've done a lot of therapy... Like, over the course of my life, and I don't know if you know this, but those people can just make you cry. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but the reason why people, like, hate going to therapists is therapists are like, you know what, I'm bored, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna press a button, and I'm gonna make you fucking cry right now. How do you like that shit? <laughs> huh? Huh? I asked you if you did your homework, you said yes, that was a lie, now I'm gonna start talking about your dog, and seven minutes from now, you're literally gonna be shake crying. How do you like that shit? Not true. This is not true. Therapists are great. I love them. They're one of the few professions you've heard me talk no shit about, even though I've had bad therapists. I love therapists. Please don't actually take that sincerely. And so I... <laughs> and how does that make you feel? Uh, don't, don't, don't use that therapist, but others are good. <laughs> Dr. Phil, not a therapist. <laughs> just, just throwing that out there. He's like a doctor of T-bone steaks or some shit. He got he got like a he got like a, a PhD in like <laughs> pissing off his dad or something. Oh my god, Oprah, you really misled a lot of people on a lot of shit, and I will never forgive you for it. Although I did up until Doctor Oz started fucking hosting Jeopardy, and now we have a vendetta. <sighs> Dr. Oz hosting Jeopardy after Ken Jennings. Ken Jennings, the greatest champion of trivia the world has ever known, followed up by Dr. Oz, who literally doesn't know germ theory as far as I can fucking tell. Oh, the heartache. Oh, the heartache. <laughs> Dr. Oz says things and I'm like, oh, I know that that medically cannot be sound. <laughs> I've done such little research and I'm almost positive that's not how a body works at all, sir. He's Dr. Nick. <sighs> All right. All of that. 
was just me trying to not start a show. Once again, everybody ready for a good time? Because I'm not. I'm at fucking work. This is me procrastinating before I have to start. <laughs> Y'all get dressed up? Y'all having a really good time? You made me get dressed. You got dressed up. You made me get dressed. Do you understand how little my feet wear shoes? The whole time they complain as though I'm a three-year-old child all over again. Oh, these hurt. These are too tight. I like it when I'm natural. I like walking barefoot. I don't understand why we gotta wear these anyway. What's that over there? I want a dog. It's me. It's me and shoes walking around. One of the reasons I like not leaving the house is because I don't just suddenly end up with, like, a fucking, like, shibala in my hand. I'm not just suddenly walking around, like, all of a sudden, like, and then ten minutes later have undone days of work. Days of fucking work! All of the sudden, just, like, I'll smell something, and then, you know, like, at a trance, I'll come out 15, 30 minutes late, and I'll just be all like, I don't even know it was in that paper tray, but it was delicious. And I need more. I'll be complaining about my feet. I'll be complaining about, like, everything the first couple of shows, making me come out, the light, how I'm eating the stage food. I'll be like, do you understand, you women, how, how great my life was? Just a few scant weeks ago, eating oatmeal for breakfast every day and having no temptation and, you know, avoiding the news. And I have to come out here and I have to, like, try and I have to, you know, be present and sexy and, and capable. And, 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 like, when things irritate me, I have to remember that I'm in charge and, you know, have to keep my composure. I have to do all of these things, right? I have to keep all of that balance. And I have to be so goddamn entertaining. And so let me just say, sincerely, I, I couldn't have done this. I think I've told this story uh, a couple of years ago. The first one of these that I had to do, I had to get stoned in the morning. I had to have a hash cookie ready. I was so nervous. And I couldn't even, like, prepare or do anything. I was so afraid. And these days, I'm thinking about all the things I'll have to do to so much a greater degree in person, consistently, and ready. I can't call into a show where you've booked tickets. I would never forgive myself. I'm not Christina Aguilera. <laughs> That's a horrible reference. Don't look it up. <laughs> it's just a funny joke. And I, I, I just, I couldn't have done it. And so I, I, I'm still a little nervous. And I'm still making jokes. And I'm still being a little, uh, a little boyish about the whole thing, I know. But on the other hand, just as this is a Valentine's show and I was planning on going long anyway and rambling at the start and, and yada yada yada, I, I want to celebrate me. Uh, I want to say how great I am and how great I'm doing and how wonderful I'm capable how wonderful and capable I am insofar that I can keep going from here. I'm not slowing down. Uh, you know, it's no, it's no mystery. I'm coming up on, a, on an eventful birthday, or at least society tells me that it should be. And so I, I kind of had to think about, like, you know, when you go in the future with that sort of thing coming up. 
And I have to say that I legitimately, I've, I've talked about this before, my back feels amazing these days. My back feels so good right now. My body feels good. Uh, my health feels good. My heart feels good. My skin feels good. It feels better. All of these things feel better than five years ago. And there are still some days where I think, you're too old. Put it away. Don't even, what are you talking about? Nobody wants to see that. Uh, you know, I have those same insecurities that so many people do, even with all the advantages and all the wonderful support network that I have and all the compliments that come in free and unsolicited. I still have all those thoughts, right? Um, just trying to relate to you as a human being before I turn that off real quick. And yet, with all the stress and all the uncertainty and everything going on in this maelstrom of emotions that people are experiencing right now, I first felt a little guilty, and I'm now starting to feel just amazing. Just like, well, sucks to be you then. I don't, I don't know what, how, bad, how long do you want me to feel bad? That people are kind of suffering and feeling bad about where they are in life and their age and their finances and, and, and what the future looks like for them. And I don't feel any of it. I feel young. I feel younger now than a decade ago. I, feel, I may feel younger now than 20 years ago. I feel fantastic most days, and I have an optimism about not only who I am, but where we can go from here as a person, as a project, and all the rest. It's really, really there. Uh, <clears throat> what I'm trying to say is, with, with incredible like humility, because I just choked up on this a couple of weeks ago, Let's entertain some gals. Let's entertain some women, shall we? Keep spreading the word and all the rest because. Wuhung high and dry. No one can see. If there's no one to blame, blame it on me. Storm in the sky, fire in the stream. If there's nothing but pain, put it on me. <clears throat> you are the cold and escapable proof. You're the evil, the way in this life and the truth. Your revival beginning. Your genocide and I watch and I wonder. You are the cold and escapable proof. You're the lies and the evil this way and the truth. Your revival beginning. Your genocide and I watch and I wonder. Oh, I am. When no one can see, if there's no one to blame, put it on me. Storm in the sky, fire in the tree, if there's nothing but pain, put it on me. Ooh, I know you'd never feel like I do, and I'd break into pieces right here in front of you. Whoops. 
Oh no! Fuck! See? I fucked up. But I'm not gonna fucking... Watch this, right? <clears throat> oh, I know you'd never feel like I'd do that. I'd break into pieces right in front of you. And I'd burn down the city. And I'd string up the noose and you'd watch and wonder. There we go. Hung high and no one can see if there's no one to blame. Blame on me. Storm in the sky, fire in the sea. If there's nothing but pain, blame it on me. That is uh, Matt Mason, M A E S O N. Blame it on me. Oh, put it on me. Put it on me. <clears throat> I thought that was just kind of a fun song. I just kind of came across in the last couple of weeks. And I thought, that's fun. That's simple. Let's just practice that 50 fucking times in the shower. And then see if we can belt it out for a live show. And that's what we did. Something else that happens with travel is that I'll just, you know, like, be in hotel showers and shit. Just practicing songs and what have you so that I have something to pull out. Uh, if you don't know my general view on life it's always improvise everything the way that i say it that i think is so infinitely clever that nobody else has ever acknowledged is even remotely clever in my life is if you never have a plan you always do and i legitimately legitimately think that and think it's one of the cleverest things i've ever written in my fucking life if you don't make plans and you just react to the information as it comes in, if you really let yourself experience and practice that state, you'll find yourself always having a plan. You don't actually need a master plan in the moment, says the ruminator and overthinker. You take the information as it comes, you do your best with it, people pat you on the back. That's all there is to it. There's nothing else. Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. If people see you taking the information in and reacting in real time, they will forgive you. Even if they're disappointed, that's all there is to it. They know that that's hard to do. They know that the situation you're in. They watched it. Anyway, uh, I really do believe that. Now, having said that, the other thing I believe in is called winning. Winning! I believe in winning, and I feel good when I fucking win. And so, if life's a game, and I do think it pretty much fucking is at this point for me, uh... You know, that's that's a great strategy for me because I'm really experienced with it and I'm great and I win 85% of the time. But I don't like winning 85% of the time. I like winning. Winning is not losing. I like number one, goddammit. And so when it comes to winning, that's 100%, not 85 And therefore, the answer is actually something like... Uh, the answer is something. Someone just made a Tiger Blood reference, and I'm thinking of both Charlie Sheen and Kanye, and how amazing I think it is that both those crazy motherfuckers both just randomly screamed out that they had animal blood in them at one point during their psychotic breaks, very psychotic breaks. Charlie Sheen at one point just screams out, I got Tiger Blood! At one point, Kanye is just all like, I got Dragon Blood! 
And so whoever the next fucking superstar who's making $100 million a year who has a break, like, I don't even know what they're fucking, what, how are you going to up Dragon? Like, if I make it that rich and I have a break, what am I going to do? Am I going to look at the interview and be like, Leslie Stahl, God's blood is inside me as I speak. You know, like, what do you, what do, you do? How do you go above Dragon? Hold on. <laughs> Leslie Stahl, you're saying that you have God's blood inside you. Yes, Leslie, I went to Italy. I found a piece of the True Cross. I paid $72 million from it. I got the extraction. We made the dry flakes liquid again. I drank Christ's blood. Next question. <laughs> funny, funny story, because they didn't have the internet back then, True Cross. Five points on it. Bit of a mess. They they just they didn't have pictures back then. They just heard it described. So it's a bit fucked up. It's got five. It's got five lines where there should be four. The true cross. That's why people didn't find it, except for me, Leslie. Next question. <sighs> See, I sang. So now I can do this bullshit for like fifteen, twenty more minutes. I can just pat it out. I did something actually like entertaining. So the rest of this can now be, like, did he sing? Like, technically. Did he tell jokes? Nobody laughed. But yes. I think that counts as a show. <laughs> did he dance? He, he, he did the Carlton. He pretended to floss. He ironically did the floss dance, but not very well intentionally, we think. We're not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever somebody laughed, he pointed at a shadowy figure and he said, you're the one I love the most now. Which made for a bad show because it just made a trigger of laughs and that's all he did for 90 seconds straight. Wasn't funny for anybody else but him. You're the one that I love now. 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 I won't do it now, but in person, you better believe I will do it 90 fucking... You've heard me in the podcast before. I will do it for 90 seconds straight. I will play poppable with you all, just like I'm doing right now. You gave me the authority. Do you know, like, that feeling you had when you were a child? Like a child child in school. Not like a child, like, don't you talk to me that we child, like a 16-year-old mouse back at you. Like a child child. And, like, you got that first taste of authority... From like in a third, not in your family, but like a teacher or like an adult at somebody's all like, you are now like you, you're responsible for the pet this week. Everybody has to listen to you about the class pet. And like all the eyes turned to you and you felt that first little bit of like, that first little throbbing bit of like, what? You mean I control this? Uh, <laughs> you're probably not supposed to keep feeling that. But when I have the mic and none of you do, and you're all compulsed around me waiting for me to actually give you the next part of me that you like, it's pretty much that feeling. It's great. It's so good. It's so fucking great. The, yes, the didgeridoo feeling. Yes. I don't know. I don't really have human emotions because of my background in my childhood. Uh, so to me, most emotional feelings are are basically just the way that commercials uh, show pain for pain medication, right? It's basically just like, oh, there's a lightning bolt in my head 
And there's a storm cloud in my tum-tum right now, so today's just not a good day to negotiate with me. I'm sure there's more complex feelings than that, but I have a heart inside of my penis for this one lady and not you. <clears throat> so, in fact, most, like, emotional resonances, like, uh, like Peter and the Wolf, will, in fact, be played by Didgeridoo. For the child who had the incredibly traumatic childhood, the emotional state of happiness will be played by the didgeridoo. That's a reference. Anybody who knows Peter and the Wolf, that's great. Everybody else is just losing their minds in total fucking confusion. What the fuck is Peter and the Wolf? Why did that permit him to make noises with his mouth for 20 seconds? The fuck is going on? This reference will be played by somebody who is actually good at being an entertainer instead of the Grey Knight. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Grey Knight could not make it tonight. He will be played by his much better understudy, the Grey Knight who's not high and actually came prepared. We know it's not who you came to see, but that's who's going to go up on show tonight. On stage tonight. Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> the other thing is, I won't be, I'm not stoned right now because I won't be able to do it uh, in person. I don't think I'll be able to go and find that many dispensaries and shit. On the road, who knows, by the time the fucking plague lifts up, maybe, like, weed will be in vending machines at the rate we're fucking going with that shit right now. But, like, uh, I'm assuming that I'm not going to be able to. I'm going to have to show up sober, which is another way that I'll be all like, hey, fans, I'm going to be at this bar after the show, and I'm just saying that I'm not saying this, but I am just saying this. Like, I know you want to do a fan meetup with me at a bar or something, and you just want to catch up and say, so great, and I'm so proud of you, and you want to touch my hand and see if it's actually as muscular as you thought, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, request the thing to say it if you're brave. But in truth, I'm just inviting you out there because I know at least one of you is going to have fucking drugs for me. And I don't care what they are, so just bring them. I'm not really saying that. I'm an entertainer, and everything I say is a joke. But... When I go out there in the world, I know a lot of you are going to be like, I'm going to bring this guy a plate of enchiladas or something that's very sweet. Bring me drugs. <laughs> bring me narcotics. They're not safe to take. Here's the thing. I know I can get a safe enchilada. No offense. Your enchilada is going to be great. No doubt. Baby, I know. But I know a place I can get a safe enchilada. I don't know any safe place I'm going to get the narcotics, especially that, like, you're making. There, is, there are parts of this country where there are hillbillies making artisanal meth. Out of the finest Sudafed, and maybe one of you are connected to them. Just, just absolute small batch, 100%, just the greatest little, you know, just not for profit or anything, absolutely not. Just a little meth to get through the fishing trip, you know? Just a little meth to make Minecraft more interesting. That kind of meth. The finest meth you've ever seen. It's Bob, it's, it's Baba. <laughs> <laughs> I went from Bob to Baba, and both are hilarious to me. The idea of, like, some Uncle Bob or some Baba fucking making the meth in the Appalachian Mountains and shit. Either's fucking funny. Baba, <laughs> Baba, Baba Kimsey's artisanal meth, and you have some for me. Put it in my hand. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's small batch artisanal family recipe. <laughs> we we only do it when it's in season. Oh, when's meth in season? Uh, uh it's in the winter actually. Oh, really? What what's about the winter? Uh m- mostly the truck crashes. <laughs> mostly the trucks sliding on ice and losing their inventory and you know, that appearing on the black market. <laughs> ah, winter. <laughs> My favorite season. <laughs> ah! <clears throat> so, uh, we're going to do quick quotes tonight. And it'll be lovely to do yours. We're going to do them after poetry, obviously. Uh, I'm going to start with the poetry now. This will give you time to go ahead and think about everything. This is also to tell you to say that uh, right before I move into this next part, again, I suck at this, uh, I'm the Grey Knight. This is a live show. Hello. These are my notes that I promised to follow tonight. Hi. I hope you're all going to have a good time. And uh, I'm, have, I'm, I'm prepared to have a great time tonight. I don't, I don't know if you guys can tell because uh, I just came out on stage. But I'm 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 actually in a pretty okay mood, <laughs> and uh, I just uh, you know things have been going pretty okay for me. Uh, what's this in the news? Oh gosh! Oh no! I I can't believe it. Uh, but something has irritated me so much. I got to talk about uh, just a little uh, just a little news story today. It's kind of funny. I think uh, it's just two headlines. It's just two little headlines. Uh. And uh, they just come from two different papers. One of them's American, and one of them's not. And I'm going to read you the two headlines, and then you can uh, you can guess which one comes from the American newspaper. Okay, ready? And which one doesn't? <clears throat> newspaper headline number one: Health authority says it is safe to reopen schools. Ready? Okay. Newspaper headline number two. Health authority says it would be disastrous to open schools. I'm gonna have to. I know you're gonna have to think really hard about this one. I started off with a challenge. I know you're really gonna have to apply yourself. Uh, so just just real quick because I know news reporters don't know the news. Uh, when they talk about, they don't know it. So just real quick, uh, I'm losing my mind over the CDC study. I'm losing my mind over the CDC study. I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my mind. So under the Trump era, when a government agency said something that was bullshit, I could be all like, that's bullshit. And people are like, yeah, it is. Trump's poisoned it. Uh, and nowadays, that doesn't, I can't do that. And so I just need to tell you about the CDC study that they're using to say that everybody should open schools. Uh, It took place in rural areas of the Dakotas and Montanas at 16 schools where all of the students are white and the communities had enough money for masks and all the shit. Not just in schools, not just the communities at the schools had masks. But the communities, i.e. the kids are probably picking up less of the virus. Uh, this is, these are facts. These are the facts. 16 schools, rural areas, 
in very, very, very white areas of the country and districts uh, that have more money than most rural areas in the country. Uh, that's 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 the study. That's the CDC study. That's the gold standard study. And I legitimately just need to get that out there because I think that kind of speaks for it's enough. But like every time somebody's all like, well, the CDC says to open schools, that is their main piece of evidence. That's not like buried down in a press release or something. I was just shocked. Shocked, 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 because I thought with the Biden administration, I really did, critical as I am, I really thought that he said, yeah, 100 days, and we reopen schools, but then he'd look at the information on the ground and kind of pull back. That's not happening, kids. And I, this is just like the whole, how many times do I have to tell you you can find COVID in shit before you start looking in shit? Because there's always going to be shit anyway. So just look at the shit all time, just every day, just look at the shit, and if you get COVID, whoa-oh. Don't make it more complicated than it needs to be. Just like I like I scream and rant about that. I just got to say, if if kids go back to school, and especially like admin and and janitorial, but also teaching staff, educators start getting sick like this, I'm gonna lose my mind. I don't know what to do. We're a year into this goddamn thing. I don't want to think about it anymore. But like. I, I just, you just, when I read why the CDC was saying it was okay to reopen the schools, my eyes popped out my head. My eyes popped out my fucking head. The other thing I want to say is, this is this is definitely chauvinistic, and this is definitely not the most enlightened thing I've ever said. I am tired of attractive Indian American women in positions of medical authority over America just being lying jerk faces. I'm just tired of it. Because that's the current head of the CDC. And I don't know if you watched the Trump press briefings, but there was a tiny, gorgeous-looking uh, East Indian gal there who would just totally talk lies just nonstop. They'd, she'd move the microphone down because she was like 18 inches shorter than Trump and like one-fourth his weight. It was ridiculous when they were on stage together. And she was so good-looking. And she'd like bring the mic down. She'd be like... Yes, hello, I'm a doctor, and I just want to say, literally everybody who's died of COVID is a stupid fucking bitch, and we're all better off without them. We love everybody who died of COVID because we hated them, and they were weak anyway. Thank you, I'm a doctor. She was horrible. She was awful. She was always like coming out with statistics like nursing homes in which the cases spread uh, are unique to that nursing home. And then somebody else would be like, they're spreading in nursing homes all over the, all over the world. She goes, this is America. She is now the third hyper-attractive East Indian short woman who just gets on camera and she's just, and just, just, just like, uh, the disease is not really here. And if you wear a mask, you'll be fine. Dumb, dumb. Get back out there. And I'm starting to develop a fetish. For like two years after Sarah Palin, I'm not proud of this. For like two years after Sarah Palin, if you wore black frame glasses, you could get my dick. That's just all there was to it. There was so much. Now, hold on. You're going to think that's about Sarah Palin. That's not about Sarah Palin. I promise. I promise. It's not about Mail and Sarah. I wish that was my joke. That was the name of a big porno that came out a couple of years after. It's not about Sarah Palin or, Nair, or Mail and Sarah. Uh, it is 100% uh, 
about at the time that Sarah Palin was running because she was so unique. Like every woman who could remotely do an impression of her, who was like a comedian or something, was doing one. And so for a while there, my entire like internet feed was just hyper attractive uh, white women comedians in their 20s with black frame glasses on making great political satire that was just super leftist and super like, fuck the Republicans, fuck the conservatives. Yay, Obama's going to save us. I actually believed in 2008 too. What a stupid piece. No, Tina Fey loved it. Are you kidding me? Somebody, uh, Tina Fey was the head, head Sarah Palin. She was more Sarah Palin than Sarah Palin was. Watch my fan. I still think of Tina Fey going, looking at the camera as Sarah Palin all these years later, 13 years later, and saying, watch my fancy pageant walking. (laughs) That's probably what Sarah Palin has to think when she's walking and she has to be all like, oh, I have to be fancy. Otherwise, toddles, toddle. Put me up in the bow shed again. Keep me with the drying meat. He's got two bald egos, three gray wolves, and one hobo in there. All just cut, dried, and aging. Real good for us. I, th- I think we might have had one of, uh, one of our daughter's uh, non-aborted fetuses buried in back, but that, that, could be in the, that, could, that could be at the state house. Shit. Hey, man. You put yourself up as a as a beacon of chastity and your family as like the modern American value saying that everybody else is horrible and literally everybody in New York City is evil. Uh, and then your daughter has like three abortions. Ah, ah, fair game. Fair game. Also, if Meghan McCain was not on The View, I'd still be making jokes about Meghan McCain because Meghan McCain makes her money being John McCain's daughter. And I still think about that sometimes. I still think about how the Republicans, when they have to put someone forward, are just all like, I don't know, John McCain's daughter? Fuck. We don't have any women. We don't have any. <laughs> we, we keep losing them. They keep having babies and realizing how fucked the system is. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to be a conservative single woman in America with an $18,000 medical bill, isn't it? Is it? Bootstraps, ladies. <sighs> I said some pretty racy stuff at the beginning of this. It's supposed to be a Valentine's Day show. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Allie, while I remember, is there any way, not to put you under pressure or anything, is there any way you could release this one early on Monday for V-Day, just for all the gals who are, like, lonely and shit, if I upload it tonight? Yeah, you're the best. Thank you so much, Allie. We all appreciate Allie so much. Allie so much. Without Allie, you'd get less work. Allie so much. Allie so much. If you liked my voice in the last... Uh, episode. Allie actually had a lot to do with that because I had a little trouble recording. So if you really like the sound of my voice in the last one, Allie smoothed that one out. She does the voice effects and everything else. We love Allie. Uh, yeah. I don't know how we're going to do this in person unless we make a shit ton more money. <laughs> Not at the live shows, but in general. Because I want Allie there 
so that I can throw to Allie. The other thing that I want is to get famous and 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 good enough that I can fill like a two hundred person uh, auditorium. Not obviously every night or anything, but like as a special show. Like get get two hundred asses in seats sounds like amazing to me. And if I ever get to that point, then Allie has to be in the back. I think I've talked about this before, but this is just like my dream, where we hook Allie up to a chair and a microphone, and she can't she can't leave for the duration of the show. And she doesn't know what jokes are coming, but also she doesn't know when I'm going to turn the microphone on and off. So I'm just going to try and catch her laughter randomly throughout the show is what I want. I want her, I want you to hear her earnest fucking laughter if I get her, because I promise she can't fake laugh. I can't fake laugh either, really. And uh, we're not actors. And, like, if I... <laughs> Yeah, we need to go on. Frankie's, Frankie's my, Frankie is the, is the, uh, I, to, to my dick dastardly, Frankie is the muttley to my dick dastardly. She's just, every, she's just, to my snidely whiplash, Frankie tonight is the muttley. Just everything I do, Frankie, I'm going to bite you in the ankle. And everybody likes muttley more than dick dastardly slash snidely whiplash. It's a bad place. Is it the hat? I just want to torture my employee. Is that so bad? Joss Whedon didn't. Everybody loves him. What's that? I'm sorry. What news has come out? I'll read it later. I'll read it later. Hey, Marilyn Manson did it to all his girlfriends and everybody. I'm sorry. You're trying to get my attention, Allie, but I'm working. I'm telling everybody how much people love me like they love Marilyn Manson. All I'm saying is that if you give me the resources and power, I will use them to create an intentional hostile workplace for a female employee for my personal amusement and benefit. Come on. Basic stuff. This is economics. What are we doing here? Are we fighting this? So the idea is that Allie's stuck in the chair and that she's got the she's got the mic on. The whole time. She's got her mic trained on her so it'll get a good voice capture. But then I have like the little key fob that you lock and unlock your car with. Except I turn them. She doesn't know when I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I turn it on and off to see if I can get a laugh. And that way. Here's the real reason why. You think this is about Allie. It's not about Allie. It's just because I can't. I don't want to torture anybody else. And Allie has a great fucking laugh. She also knows my sense of humor. So here's the thing. It's not about Allie in any way, shape, or form. It's the laziest idea I've ever come up with. I've stolen it from Hannibal Burris. Hannibal Burris at one point talked about how great it would be to be famous enough that you don't have to play your own shit because he went to a concert where they played music over the speakers and the guy just stood there. And he said, that's a fucking amazing. And then he did a joke where he stands there and over the loudspeakers they play Hannibal Burris playing a joke from a previous album for 60 seconds while he just sits there and drinks. It's one of the funniest fucking things I've ever goddamn seen in my fucking life. I loved it. Because he got to reuse... And I thought, that's fucking funny, for one. But for two, he just got to reuse 60 seconds of material in like a 40-minute special. That's like 2.5% recycling. That's smart, Hannibal, but I can beat you. And so what I realized is, if I do a comedy show, right? I do a comedy show... And I constantly have a thing where you're either expecting me to press the button or I press the button, I get a laugh. Boom! Double laughs for no extra work. Tell me that I'm not a genius. 
double laughs, zero extra work. Just a little bit of setup. I have to come up with one routine, but you might get double laughter out of it. Oh, I'm the smartest boy who's ever fucking lived. <laughs> Everybody loves laughing with real laughter. Oh. All you have to do is torture somebody who's been important and good to you in your life. Once again, my role models, Joss Whedon, Kanye West, Leia Coca. There's nothing wrong. <laughs> the last name nobody even fucking knows. If somebody knows the last name, you say what he's famous for right now. If you know who Lee Iacocca is, you say it. You say even anything even remotely related to that asshole. Guess what? Meet me at the bar because I know you've got great drugs. Come on. Come on. Holy shit. Somebody knew. I didn't even. I, oh, fuck. We got two people. I fucking tell that joke all the time and nobody knows who Lee Iacocca is. That's great. That's great. I got so Ah, oh, my girls are so smart. This is exactly what I want to do. And once again, this is the perfect example of when I would click the button because Allie would be laughing her fucking ass off that I got showed up on stage. Take that! Take that! It's like a smoke bomb, except it's laughter. And if she's drinking or something, you'll hear a spit take. Ugh. <clears throat> okay. You guys actually want to hear stuff? Are you going to do quick quotes? If I do a whole show... I'm like an hour into this show. If we do a show, are you going to do it with me? Are you going to tip me? Or are you going to say thank you for being my Valentine Daddy Jack if you don't have one? Are you going to do all the... Hello? 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 Hi. Are you going to tip me? Are you going to celebrate me? Are you going to tell you... Hello? Hi. Hello? Where'd you all go? All the... Do I have to keep... Oh. I'm hunting you down with my voice. I'm using it to fill the room with vibrations to sense your movement. As I go deeper, I get a better sense of where you are and also your weak points. I'm trying to figure out which of you I can trip and have a lot of cash on them. This is this is basically this is basically what Daredevil does, except I can only use my my powers to try and find wads of cash. It's like a shitty '90s video game where you where you press a button and if something hidden nearby, it appears. That's what I'm doing with my boys. I'm using it to hunt you now. And now you are hunted. You are in this physical room with me at a physical live show. Because that's what this is. And I am using my voice on you to physically feel you up. And I'm asking you, will you be there for me? Will you, will you say at the end of this a little bit of quick quote and have a good time and tell me that you're having a great time and send anonymous questions and fantasies and all that in if i really give it tonight if i really if i really keep going will you do it will you do it because i don't like asking for things but again i'm following my notes and the notes say at the beginning of the show you introduce yourself you say the podcast you say what you want from people and then you try and really appeal toward you well you well you promise you sure you will okay all right I saw the most clever advertising on fast on a fast food billboard I think I may have ever seen in my life. And it had no effect on me wanting to get that fast food. It was a sonic billboard. And it said simply, When you think about it, our food has always been delivered. Now on Grubhub. And I thought, that's... That's legitimately the most clever fucking advertising for a fucking shitty burger I've ever come across in my life. 
<laughs> and could you imagine paying Grubhub prices for a fucking Sonic burger? Can you imagine? All right, here we go. <clears throat> Love was a cartoon haunt. Pink or red. We dissected some cold slab of meat in science labs, and with that, every Disney film turned dirty. We would publicize our most private thoughts, kidding ourselves it was poetry when it was catharsis at best. Love was chat rooms and MSN. Love was XXX. Love was taken back to the times of courtly love. Letters on screens and stomachs would flip, not with the touch or grip of your crush, but a bedroom blush at the flash from offline to on. Love was romance. Love was distance. Love was a flicker in the periphery, but it always ended in a request for a naked photograph. A-S-L, question mark. Can I link you dot com? Greater than three. We grew up on HTML. We edited our lives to make them look better. With sepia and high contrast, with hearts and smileys, we proclaimed our friends as the best in the world. Placed them on pedestals, but cried ourselves when we weren't number one. On the top friends list, on Tom's space. We grew up on HTML, but we never understood the language. We communicated a love that was not love at all. We grew up on HTML by Carmina. I'm going to go with Masoliver. M-A-S-O-L-I-V-E-R. Masoliver. Masoliver? I'm afraid I don't know how to say that one. <clears throat> He's tough, this man. Worker. Early. Shoulders the weight of a high-rise day. Boots brick-heavy. Hands gloveless. Calloused. Better to grip. He'd wink, rolling a smoke for a fix on the go as he waves in trucks, cranes, deliveries of rain to a roof where the weight's up in the wind. For him... The clearest threat was always glass. Fear was a pipe burst. Now there's a risk that's more than a building's worth when it comes to this man. He's drilling what-ifs through his head, fretting about numbers, equipment, boundaries, unheeded by men, and we touch. But after he showered. And after he showered, and after I've massaged the hours from his back and legs, I think about clapping and looking to the clock and realize what we've missed. This man comes in. Tiffany Ann Tondut. Tondut? Tondut. <clears throat> Our desire is a thing I might die for. Longing a well, a long dark throat. Enter any body of water and you give yourself up to be swallowed. Even the stones know that. I have writhed against you as if against the black bottom of a deep pool. I have emerged from your grip breathless and slicked. How easily I could forget you as separate, so essential you feel to me now. You beneath me like my own blue shadow. You silent as the moon drifts like a petal across your skin. My mouth to your lip. A spring I return to. Unquenchable. Drink. After touching you, 
I think, of Narcissus Drowning. Leela Shati. Hey, girls, thank you so much for hearing me about how it was a sausage fest in poetry the last couple of weeks. I mean it. Sincerely, I feel so heard, and I appreciate you. Thank you. <clears throat> oh, shit! But then look what pops up right after I say that. Like a dick, look what popped up out of nowhere. Didn't help anything. Here we go. <sighs> That's right. I've listened to a lot of Indigo Girls. Love is more thicker than forget, more thinner than recall, more seldom than a wave is wet, more frequent than to fail. It is most mad and moonly, unless it shall unbe, unbe, that's a word? Oh, I get to use that one. Then all the sea which only is deeper than the sea. Love is less always than to win, less never than alive, less bigger than to lest begin, less littler than forgive. It is most sane and sunly, and more it cannot die, than all the sky which only is higher than the sky. Love is more thicker than forget. E.E. E. Cummings Damn it, I thought I had everything all laid out. You know what happened in person if I didn't have all the cards laid out? I'd throw them all at you like ninja stars and I'd just scream. Just scream and pound my chest. How dare you! It's relevant! Here's the thing. I'm making that joke knowing that there's a fear in at least the back of a couple of minds knowing that that kind of thing might happen when especially like I'm giving it back to Frankie and I say I'm, I'm going to give you two fingers in exchange for your nine and three quarters. I understand that. And I, I understand it's going to take a while to earn your trust and, and what have you. But I, from the bottom of my heart, I think those days are done. I don't, I don't think that kind of thing is ever happening. I made a promise last year that I, I'm allowed to get mad and frustrated and grumpy and irritated and, and even as depressed as I want. Uh, but I'm not allowed to lose my shit anymore, ever, period. And so far... Uh, I don't, I don't know what it was about this particular time, because it's not like I haven't made that promise to myself before, but so far, it's not only held, but, like, really held, and it's been good, because I can get pretty, I can get pretty irritated, uh, I told, I told a story on the survey yesterday about having a pretty, pretty bad 30 minutes, and I had a bad half second after a bad 30 minutes, but then after the half second, I was fucking fine, I couldn't believe it, it was like it was excised from me, and I, I just, I, I want, exercised? Exercised. Exercised. Exercised from me. And I, I just, I felt like I was just free and happy uh, that I had a bad moment. Not, not my good moment. Don't want to have that moment again. But I just recovered. And nobody else had to suffer. Nobody had to, that's the, that's the important thing. Because I'm a buddy. I'm trying to be my own buddy. And so me not suffering is also important. Nobody suffers is a great rule. It's just like no guns. When you have the rule no guns, you know what that means? No fucking cops. Because cops have guns. So no guns is a, like a rule that extends well beyond just just the fact of no guns. Hey, police. Come on. Sorry. You have to stay. I'm sorry. What's that on your hips? Away. 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 It's a great fucking rule. So what is important to me? What is you know, feeling pretty good right now, just as I got off track, uh, shuffling these poems around and what have you. 
is I'm feeling confident enough that I can just. It's a big reason why I think I can come out and start doing these live shows. Is because you're gonna irritate the fuck out of me. You're not gonna mean to, but you're gonna you're gonna do it. It's I'm not I'm a person and I've got my feelings and my hangups and my mental illnesses and shit. And like it's gonna be stressful and new. It's gonna be weird for like a PTSD guy to. PTSD guys don't like leaving the house, man. I can tell you. I promise. I've now been in group therapy with some of them, and it's not just me. And like, <laughs> this is gonna be a whole thing. But I feel really ready to leap into it and and be be and have fun with it in the way that I've been having tonight. Tonight is the first really rambly, really open. This is what I'm hoping to do. Except with, I don't know how to read the fucking shit <laughs> that you fucking submit. But we'll figure it out. Um... By my heart, that's my that's my pledge. I know I know some people have been waiting from that from me. So have I. Uh, I think I'm doing great with it. I think I I think I'm doing good. I've had bad days. I've gotten frustrated with people, and I still think that I'm treating me and other people, everybody, pretty good. Now there is one downside to this. Uh, nobody's a hundred percent. I'm no saint, and all the rest. So just know. That for every, like, bad experience I'm dodging, just know that for, like, every, every day that I'm not succumbing to the depression or the anxiety or whatever else is, 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 is blistering up in, inside of me, just know that somebody has to suffer, and it's almost always Mrs. Kitty. Touch her in all ways non-physical. Give her intellectual orgasms in multiples and allow temptation to drip from her ears. Go down on her thoughts and taste her perceptions. Learn her soul and she will fill the void with your filthiest imaginations. Never start with the hands. Alluring thoughts, A.D. Woods. You're going to disagree? Hands are a great place to start with. <clears throat> I love to watch you touch yourself. On rainy afternoons, the wandering hands, the little soft moans, the hips twitching, the wet fingers fucking. A solo show performed for one. Encore, Michael Faudet. I believe we've read something from him before. Son of a bitch, I'm telling you. Is there anything sweeter than these hours of love when we're together and my heart races? What, for what, is better than embracing and fondling when you visit me and we surrender to delights? Oh, you girls horny tonight. If you reach to caress my thigh, I will offer you my breast. Also, it's soft. I won't jab you and thrust you away. Will you leave me because you're hungry? Are you ruled by your belly? Will you leave me because you need something to wear? I have chests full of fine linen. Will you leave me because you're thirsty? Here, suck my breasts. They're full to overflowing and all for you. I glory in the hours of our embracing. My joy is incalculable. The thrill of your love spreads through my body like honey and water, like a drug mixed with spices, like wine mingled with water. Oh, 
that you would be to speed, to see your sister like a stallion in heat, like a bull to his heifer, for the heavens have granted us love like flames, igniting straw, desire like a falcon's free-falling frenzy. Egyptian Love Lyrics From 1000 to 500 BCE Translation by Michael R. Birch Whoever submitted that one, see if you can find the one about the 14-year-old girl talking about the guy with the chariot. It's an Egyptian poem. It's from around the same period. If you can find that and submit it, it would mean the world to me. I've asked before. Wherever, if you're into that Egyptian early BCE poetry, like I was for a period, I can't find it again. And amazingly, I don't want to do too many Google results for 14-year-old Egyptian girl contemplates sleeping with man. I've already searched two or three times for it, trying to find that poem again. Don't worry, I, spe I specified poem in every one of the searches, in case the DA was, like, there, ready on the other end. But, like... I don't want to keep searching it, because I don't know how many times you can you can use that defense in case it is brought up to you in court. Okay, so. <clears throat> a sweet disorder in the dress, kindles and clothes a wantonness, a lawn about the shoulders thrown into a fine distraction, an erring lace which here and there enthralls the crimson stomach air. A cuff neglectful and thereby ribbons to flow confused lie. A winning wave deserving note on the temptuous petticoat. A careless shoestring in whose tie I see wild civility. Do more bewitch in me when art is too precise in all nine parts. Delight in Disorder, Robert Herrick. I just said how great it was to see the women, and then, it was just, and then it's just been a sausage party. All the women, I love you. I need you. You're my light and my wings. All of the men, baby, this is a poem about when you fucking spread your legs and finger yourself for me. It's so goddamn hot. Holy shit. Your breasts are, like, hot. <clears throat> sea sounds, surf, girls cry and sound paper, sand, uh-oh, uh-oh, let me try again. <clears throat> sea sounds, surf, gold cries and sandpipers ever near us here. If we but seek and let the sound and sight inspire. Sun and shadow, song and sorrow, wander in the heart, awaiting utterance. Eagerly the wind supplies the melody, lest the song be lost, and we, longing for a fragment of the universe, sing before our voice is swallowed by the wind. By Phyllis Barr, B-A-R-R. -R. Uh, oh, I didn't, I, sorry, I didn't think I had a title. Sea Swells. Uh, there's a line here, P.S. Your dick is hot. Okay, so I guess, I guess I've been too sexist. I'm sorry. It looks like the ladies are doing it too. My bad. That's my bad. I didn't. I write. You know, not it. I've not everyone can avoid bias all the time. Have you been thinking? Have you been thinking of your quick quotes? Have you? Do you have them prepared? 
I asked at the beginning, and I've been reading poetry this whole way through, I get all kinds of comments about, like, Jack, why don't you do the longer shows anymore? Why don't, why don't you do the quick quotes? And I'm like, you got to come out. you got to request them. And they're like, I'm busy on Fridays. I'm washing my hair. So, like, if, if you girls keep saying you want them, are you preparing for them? Because I've got some poetry left to read. So, here we go. All right. <clears throat> Life has loveliness to sell all beautiful and splendid things, blue waves whitened on a cliff, soaring fire that sways and sings. And children's faces looking up, holding wonder in a cup, life has loveliness to sell music like a curve of gold, scent of pine trees in the rain, eyes that you love you, arms that you hold, and your spirit still delighted, holy thoughts that star in the night. Spend all you have for loveliness, buy it, and never count the cost. For one white singing hour of peace count may be a year of strife well lost. And for a breath of ecstasy, give all you have been, all you could be. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Barter by Sarah Teasdale. I think we've read something by her before, but I don't know her name. Besides this. Okay, so I lied. I said we had a lot of poetry left. That was it. Whoops. Daddy, Daddy's fucking pushing through him tonight. All right. So true story. Uh, true story. Get your quick quotes ready and get them in. Well, I just kind of... Oops. I thought I had more poems. Uh, so true story. If you're wondering like, Daddy, you sound so good. Uh, you came so prepared. You're really sober? You're not caffeinated? You didn't... No. So, like, I was really embarrassed because a couple weeks back I was promising... I, I was practicing this song. It's this really great and simple song. And it sounded so good. And then whatever happened, I couldn't sing it that night on the show. And, like, Mr. Tom has been great. My health has been so good for, for a while now. Uh, but, but for whatever reason, I just couldn't. And I, I said, well... That can't just be nerves, because I practiced the shit out of this song. Uh, so there's got to be something physiological, too. Because, I mean, I practice it, practice it, practice it. So I just, you know, made the determination sometime to get a little bit more serious about this project in 2021. Uh, that I, I was going to really, really, really hike. And I don't hike stoned unless I can get a joint on vacation or something. And then I'll, like, be in the middle of nowhere and I'll smoke a joint because I'm not driving anything. But if I drive, I never drive intoxicated. That's just a good hard rule and I keep it. And so when I hike, I'm only hiking for, like, an hour. So I can't get stoned. I'm going to go drive afterwards. Uh, but so, some bug, like I said, I've just kind of been healing from PTSD a little bit and, and, and been doing a fair bit better with my adventures and... and, and you know, occupying my time productively, or, or at least uh, positively. And I just kind of got this bug up my ass where I was like, ooh, I haven't played my, with my Switch in a while. Uh, I should play with my Switch. And I was thinking about getting stoned and playing on my Switch at home with the cat all curled up on me, on, like, on the ground or something. And she'll be all happy. I thought, that could be a pretty good day. And it occurred to me, no, 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 no. Let's kill some birds. You say you want to be more productive. You, you, you know, you talk about the vitamin D and all that. And so what I did, and I'm just really proud of this. It's kind of dumb. 
but I I bought a joint uh, from a dispensary, and I and I went to a brand new big hiking trail, and I brought my charged up switch that I'd plugged in and all that, and uh, I got like ninety minutes into my hike. I lit up the joint. I played the switch in the middle of the uh, of the desert uh, for a couple of hours until uh, the joint wore off, the half joint that I smoked wore off, and then uh, I, I came back. Uh, and and I, I I got a lot of exercise in. I got a lot of sunlight in. I got a lot of just fresh air in, and I, and I got some video game time in. Uh, and it just felt really really great, and. I just kind of took that energy into this week saying that like, you know, Friday, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to eat perfectly. And that way I'm I'm going to have the you know, I'm just going to have the oatmeal smoothie. Uh, I'm going to drink green tea, no caffeine. Uh, I'm going to be really clean. I'm going to work out, do all my stretches. I'm going to, you know, I bathe all the time, but I'm going to bathe right before and gargle right before. Uh, I'm going to do all my voice exercises. I'm going to be like I'm really going to put on a show. And I'm going to be as good as I possibly can to put this show on, right? And then I did not fucking do that at all. Because what I did this morning instead is I had hot wings for breakfast because I couldn't fucking resist those bastards anymore. And I mean, I put extra fucking hot sauce on them and everything. And I'm just saying that I've healed up that much that I don't know. I don't know what the difference is because I had hot wings for breakfast and everything was fucking fine singing today and, and, and talking today. Everything was fine. So, like, I don't really I don't really have the answers for you besides I keep healing. I keep getting better. Throw money in the kitty. Become a patron. Tell your friends. Spread the word. Daddy, Daddy's really on a good tear. Of all the periods that I've ever said I'm on a good tear, this is the best, longest hot streak I've been on. I feel so good. I'm just waiting for the quick quotes at this point. I fucking vamped so hard. Okay, there they come. Jesus Christ. Don't make me Barack Obama after I said I don't like that guy anymore. Because I just did what Obama does. 15 minutes of umming and erring, but people think it sounds good. Uh, listen. I, uh... want you all to know. Okay, then. <clears throat> 80, you're doing so well. Come here and let Daddy reward you. Sweetheart, I love running my fingers through your hair and then ripping it. You're doing a lot better than you think, Chastity. Keep going. Such a needy baby girl. Spread your legs. Show Daddy just how badly you want me. Valentine's kisses for all the babies. Oh, my glob. Listen to my lush, luscious lips. Daddy is so proud of you, baby girl. Baby girl Princess Sierra. Happy Valentine's Day, sweetheart. Now come sit on Daddy's lap so we can celebrate. Deep breath. You're doing well. Carla! Keep up the work. good work, kiddo. 
Kitten, your daddy wants your attention. Now. That feels so good. Um, yes, please. It's okay to take a break when you need it. You did very well this week, baby girl. Determination never knew how far he'd get until he met me, baby. Oh, that's a strange one. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cast judgment. I just, like, sorry. That's just not how I was. Let me try one more time. Determination never knew how far he'd get until he met me, baby. Like that, right? Determination's personified. Okay. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I said weird. I, that was that was bad. I didn't mean to make you feel self-conscious. I just, determination's not, like, personified in the way that I read it, but it is in the sentence. Makes total sense after I read it a second time. I'm sorry for saying weird like a like a Macbeth sister, all right? Not weird like you're weird. I mean, I you're talking to a guy in a metal mask and a hoodie who's charging money to jerk off for women. So, like, being called weird by me really shouldn't insult you very much. I just really want to throw that out there. Like, consider the fucking source. <laughs> okay, okay, we're good. Okay, okay. Anybody else? Anybody else for a quick quote? All right, then. <clears throat> How's that? I really don't know how to, like, a, do a growl on command. So, like, there's a little growl. Like, all right, here's a little, here's a little. <sighs> well, that? Which is better, one or two? Which, which, which one do we go, which one? One or two? Two? Two. Okay, we go. We we getting we we moving in. We moving in the right direction. I'm going Kong. I auditioned for the part of Kong. I did not get it. Fucking Idris Elba gets everything. Fucking Kong's gonna have an English accent. I can't fucking. There's gonna be this great fucking ape on screen. It's gonna be like in it. Mom. <laughs> okay, one last one. La one last roar. We're gonna go like full kind of like monkey. Apparently, that's the f we fucking. I was talking about how much I love Gen Z and how smart they are. Apparently, their top meme is spelling monkey without the Y on the end. Okay, so I'm gonna have to rethink that one. Maybe they're not gonna save us if they're top. F they're if they if they looked at guy walking past gal at other gal and then all the memes that that spawned and the best that they've come up with as a generation is monkey without the y on the end is still monkey i'm afraid we're going to need a little bit more from you kids <laughs> david hogg had has david hogg is really trying to show you the way you're going to need to follow him i call his podcast that he's yet to make full hog with david hogg okay here we go. <clears throat> yeah, it feels dumb doing that shit, but I'll do it for you. There you go. Okay, and then there's a fan favorite. <clears throat> so dumb. I do it for you, tip me. If you like that, 
and you can hear how dumb I think it is, but I, you hear me doing it for you with a good attitude. There's a tip jar. There's a social media. You know how to share me. You've got that one friend who doesn't will ever shut up about, like, Tom Hiddleston. Give him the podcast. You know what to do. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Here we go. See, on mic, that's fine, because you don't see me gasping for air. You can hear it a little bit, but like, <sighs> on stage, it's going to take a little bit more effort. I might need a curtain. <laughs> uh, all right. That was quick quotes. Nobody ever asked me to do the fucking purr anymore. Maybe you don't even want it, but like, I keep being able to do a better purr, and nobody else can do it. So, arriba. Is what I say. Just like I say riba, only because I can better than a lot of fucking native Spanish speakers can. In the exact same way, I'm gonna keep fucking purring. Because <laughs> I can do it, and other people can't. I had this one boss at a call center. He was kind of a good-looking dude, but he was a total douche canoe, so no woman found him attractive. He was that level of douche. Not most women didn't find him attractive, like, a big workplace filled with, like, 40-45% women, and none of them were fucking and remotely interested because he was that level of douche, even though he was kind of good-looking. And the thing that definitely took him down from kind of good-looking from really good-looking is that he wore his hair like Prince Valiant. Like, it was black and, like, down to his shoulders and shit, and it would often just kind of, like, crop in kind of a Prince Valiant kind of cut. It looked... Okay, it didn't look like a Prince Valiant, but if you imagine the Prince Valiant, you're not far off. And then one time, after hearing this douche kadoo just talk mad shit about everybody all the time, uh, wondering why he had this haircut, I very casually overheard him saying uh, to somebody else uh, that, of course I wear my hair long, dude. Like, look at all the people losing theirs. Of course I gotta wear mine to strut on them. Right? He's that level of... He didn't say strut because that wasn't the word back then. But like, he whatever the analog for strut was, right? He's like, look at all the men who lose their hair. Of course I'm going to have my hair long. And all I can say is, literally every time I saw that guy, all I could think was, you know, if you just had like normal haircut, you would be 8 to 16 conventional points more attractive on a scale of 100. Like, it would do so... Much for you. It's like Zoe Deschanel without the bangs. If you've ever seen that, Zoe Deschanel, if you're ever wondering, like, why does Zoe Deschanel always wear the bangs? If you ever look up a picture with her without it, you will understand exactly because they add fucking 15 points to her attractive level. It's ridiculous. It's, it's insane. And he did the exact same, like, reverse. It's like you're Zoe Deschaneling yourself, but you, you're wearing the bangs, Prince Valiant. And I don't understand why. Um, but now I do. Because now my back works and I can purr and, like, I can lift women up with one arm. And now I'm like, please, please let me show this in front of women. 
I know very few women are going to be attracted by this, but a couple of them are going to be super turned on. Please let me demonstrate this, these core values to them. Oh my god, the other day I got an anon. The other day I got a fucking anon message. And it was the nicest message I, do, I think I've ever read. And I get compliments all the time. I literally haven't gotten a single piece of hate mail in 2021. Don't send one in! Keep the streak alive! Uh, I get great compliments and everything all the time. Uh, but I think I got the nicest Anon message the other day, because it just began with, very obviously a huge lie. Just very obviously a huge, very nice lie. And the lie was, you're so skilled and so talented in so many ways. And I, I read that and I just smiled like ear to, I'm like, God damn it, that's so not true in any way. Thank you. <laughs> if I have actually gotten my minute skill set of very, very niche performance ability to the point that it's starting to look impressive and that I've gained a bunch of skills from previous lives and jobs, fuck yeah, it's coming together. That's, that's the jazz, baby. Because like I said, I'm going to get better from here. All right. So if I've actually, if I've actually gotten this down to the point where like, he's like a real entertainer. That was like real singing. That was like real jokes. Oh, fuck. That's so cool. Cause then that means like, you're all going to be snared. You're all going to be snared. I'm going to get you all. Eventually I'm going to say, meet me at the bar after the show. It's just going to be a warehouse. You'll walk in anyway. And then you'll be part of my army. <laughs> How many fans will I have? However many it takes to power the generator. <laughs> Love letters. Hick, my dearest. I cannot go to bed tonight without a word to you. I felt a little as though a part of me was leaving tonight. You have grown so much to be a part of my life that it is empty without you, even though I'm busy every minute. Oh, darling, I hope on the whole that you will be happier for my friendship. I felt as if I had brought you so much discomfort and hardship today and almost more heartache than you could ever bear, and I don't want to make you unhappy. All my love. I shall be saying to you, over, thought waves in a few minutes. Good night, my dear one. Angels guard thee. God protect thee. My love enfold thee all the night through. Always yours. E.R. Eleanor Roosevelt to Lorena Hick. <clears throat> Dear Miss Kaiser, I am 34 almost years old, single again, and broke. I love you very much, and I would like to very, marry you very, very soon. I cannot promise to support us very well, but if given the chance, I will sure in hell try. Soon means very soon. What is the size of this finger? As soon as I get to that hospital, I will write reams, well, little one. Love, XXXXX, 
Charlie. Charlie Eames Marriage Proposal to Ray Eames Interesting that her name was Ray. He calls her Miss Kaiser in the first sentence. I'm afraid I... You know who they are, Serena? I'm afraid I don't know Ray Eames. Ah. So they go on to be successful, I take it, then. <clears throat> well, it sounds like that marriage worked out pretty good for Charlie. <clears throat> Way to take a risk, Charlie. My beloved angel. I am nearly mad about you, as much as one can be mad. I cannot bring together two ideas that you do not interpose yourself between them. I can no longer think of nothing but you. In spite of myself, my imagination carries me to you. I grasp you. I kiss you. I caress you. A thousand of the most amorous caresses take possession of me. As for my heart, there you will always be very much so. I have a delicious sense of you there, but my God, what is it to become of me if you have deprived me of my reason? That is a monomania which this morning terrifies me. I rise up every moment and say to myself, Come, I am going there. And then I sit down again, moved by the sense of my obligations. There is a frightful conflict. This is not a life. I have never before been like that. You have devoured everything. I feel foolish and happy as soon as I have let myself think of you. I will around in a delicious dream in which, in one instant, I live a thousand years. What a horrible situation. Overcome with love, feeling love in every pore, living only for love, and seeing oneself consumed by griefs, caught in a thousand spiders' threads. Oh, my darling Eva, you did not know it. I picked up your card. It is there before me, and I talk to you as if you were here. I see you as I did yesterday, beautiful, astonishingly beautiful. Yesterday, during the whole evening, I said to myself, She is mine. <sighs> Angels are not as happy in paradise as I was yesterday. Honneur de Balzac to Cantus Haska. A popular one. I believe that's the third time we've done it on the podcast. I got a little emphasis when the other ones don't. Because I knew that one was coming. That guy is just really, really about his anxiety. Uh, since it's the third time I've read that one, I'm pretty sure on the podcast, uh, I, my thoughts are, uh, that guy is way more in love with his indecision than he is with her. <laughs> Been there. Been there. No judgment. Maybe he loves her more than the indecision eventually, but right now he's much more in love with the indecision than he is with her. Oh, it's so nice. Oh, it's just like that stupid, uh, gotcha. Isn't that, isn't that how you pronounce his name? The Australian artist? G-O-T-Y-E? Gotcha. He's all like, gotcha. Gotcha. Because I just did that song with Kimbra. That's how you pronounce his name, right? Gotcha, mate! Uh. <laughs> gotcha! Uh. 
How do you really pronounce his name? That's not really, is it? I've been pronouncing his name Gotye for like years. Is it really Gotye? Don't tell me that's true. I've been pronouncing his name like Gotye for years. What is? How do you pronounce it? They're Australian, so they'll know. It really is Gotye? No! I was just doing an Aussie bit. That's so funny. Oh, I didn't know he was Australian when he came out because I actually knew that guy years before the Kimbra single. I actually love this song that he did called My Heart's a Man's. Uh, it's a really great song. If you look up, gotcha! My Heart's a Mess. Uh, no, wait, that's not the title, is it? My Heart's a Man's. I can't get over it. Oh, it's been so many years. It's a great single, though. And that's where I first heard of that group. Uh, I should probably play it for music afterwards, right? For all the girls who don't come out for the live show and listen to this recording going, holy shit, who's he responding to and how's he getting off track? You should definitely come out to a live show. Not only do you get extra content beforehand and you get to see a little bit of extra jokes as I work the crowd and warm everybody up, but I also hang out after. We play music, sometimes movies or some other stuff, some other categories. Uh, It's a great community on the server. Come on into the server if you don't have any money or whatever. I promise I'm not monetizing all the time. That's just something I do during these tip shows. Uh, I'd love to see you in. Say hi. The gals are great, and I enjoy spending time with you very, very much. Where was I about this? The gotcha? The notes say promote myself. All right. Your heart's a mess. It was a lyric. It was reminding me of something. I was just about to make a joke about this fucking poem. That I've read so many times before. Son of a bitch. It was going to be so clever. You know, like, gosh, he's just so smart and so literate. And so literate and just so interesting. It wasn't all a dumb reference that that wasn't worth harping on for 30 seconds even. I promise. All right. Nope. Uh, it, was a, it wasn't. I don't think it was about indecision because I have been there. I've been in love with a woman and I've been in love with indecision. And being in love with indecision is way better. I remember thinking that much. It's just like the Gatya lyric. Now that I know that that's how it's pronounced. Oh, this was going to be so fucking funny. Maybe next live show. All right. So just like just like other live shows, I'll start singing and then just stop, and then other then eventually you'll get a song. Maybe you'll get the other half of this joke. You've got the you've got the setup. I just have to figure out the punchline and what it was now because I got the punchline and then I started setting it up and then I'm a fucking loser. I don't really think that. I just get mad at myself when I can't when I can't construct a spaceship in my head. Alright, real quick. You get MP3s from me that you like listening to, but I don't make MP3s. I make spaceships. Uh I use a lot of I use a lot of metaphors when it comes to writing, and the two that I use the most, especially when I'm not feeling very productive, is that writing is a magic trick, and writing is a space is a space yard. If you don't know what a space yard is, or a shipyard is, then that means you're probably cool, and you should probably just skip forward, like, another two, three minutes. Because uh, what, what that means is it's a sci-fi concept for a shipyard in outer space to make spaceships. Why not? And like the whole thing about shipyards when you do them in sci-fi is you got to talk about how big they are and how complicated and all the shit going down because, you know, it's sci-fi. You know, 
If you don't know how they make ships now in dry docks, it's really involved, the giant cruise ships and everything. It's pretty crazy with how they cut them apart, put them back together, stitch them, and all the rest. It's actually very, very, very interesting. And the thing about this whole space yard project is sometimes when you think about writing an idea, it's just too big. Like all the steps involved. From the idea of, I want to do that to, I'm going to actually send that out in the world. When you actually like look at the steps, that can be daunting. And so sometimes in my mind, especially when I have a lot of work and not a lot of motivation to do it, or not a lot of willpower, whatever the fuck's going on that day, I kind of imagine myself that I'm like the conductor of a fucking shipyard in outer space. And there's these different components of my stories... That are like the things that happen. So there's the thing that makes the spaceship move, right? That's the engine of the story. And so if I just kind of like take myself out of the story making process, like, hey, man, all you got to do is just make an engine. That's all you got to do right now. Just make the engine. Just make the part of the story that makes the rest of the story go. Just make that part of it. And then I'll make that part of it and be like, okay, dude. So now that you've got an engine, all you got to do with an engine is slap that in a body. So how do we make the body of a story? What's the body of the story look like? Okay, here's the cockpit. Here's the, here's where the, okay. And then I just keep going with it until I have all the components I need. And I go launch that motherfucking ship and I get it done. And I get it to Allie. Because uh, that's my component as the shipyard. And so sometimes you're listening to me eating pussy. But what you don't know is Space Captain Jack was making sure that you got situated right then and there so that the so that the ship wouldn't break apart when the pussy started getting eaten. Because I know from the outside, it could probably be like, every week I could just be like, Hey, baby, I'm your boyfriend. By the way, you're hot. Now spread your legs. Yum, yum, yum. Uh... And boy, howdy, do I wish I could. Like, literally, if I could just show up and do that every week, I would do it. I really would. Fuck it. Uh, but for me, there has to be creativity and shit involved. There has to be, like, a like a, a form to it. And so I make spaceships sometimes, and you ride on them, and you never knew it until now, and you'll forget this. And then sometime in the future, you're going to come to me, and then you're going to feel real fucking silly because you're going to think about what a dork I am and how you just rode a fucking spaceship. Okay. <clears throat> I'm a prisoner here in the name of the king. You can take my life, but not the love that I feel for you. Yes, my adorable mistress, tonight I shall see you if I had to put my head on the block to do it. For heaven's sake, do not speak to me in such disastrous terms as you write. You must live and be cautious. Beware of Madame, your mother, as your worst enemy. What do I say? Beware of everybody. Trust no one. Keep yourself in readiness. As soon as the moon is visible, I shall leave the hotel incognito. Take a carriage or a chaise and we shall drive like the wind to Sevignon. I shall take paper and ink with me, and we shall write on letters. If you love me, 
reassure yourself and call all your strength and presence of mind to your aid. Do not let your mother notice anything. Try to have your pictures and be assured that they, menace of the greatest tortures, will not prevent me to serve you. No, nothing has the power to part me from you. Our love is based on virtue and will last as long as our lives do. There is nothing that I will not brave for your sake. You deserve much more than that. But do, my dear heart. Voltaire to Olympe Dunover, written while in prison for their affair. That's very strange about Voltaire. You would think that he would know more French than one would. <clears throat> she was beautiful, but not like those girls in the magazines. She was beautiful for the way she thought. She was beautiful for the sparkle in her eyes when she talked about something she loved. She was beautiful for her ability to make other people smile, even if she was sad. No, she wasn't beautiful for something as temporary as looks. She was beautiful deep down to her soul. Well, that wasn't a love letter, but we'll let it fly. It's from, uh, it's from uh, The Loved and the Damned. And that's love letters! <clears throat> I've already done a lot of segues and shit, so I won't do any more segues. I've pretty much talked about everything that's on the list here. Uh, I've promoted myself. I've been here for hours. Uh, I guess the last thing, as I say one last time, there's a link to tip me, even if you're not here live, and you should come here live so that you can hear me solicit myself. And I can say things for you, and the energy just keeps on rolling along. If you think I'm doing good, or this is the best streak, or you like my voice, or my singing, or anything I did tonight, keep the Jubilee on rolling. Thank you and appreciate you. Okay. <clears throat> 424, 425, 426. Okay, why the fuck was time going so slow? I shut my eyes again only to wake them and see 427 a.m. I groan into my pillow and I take a few deep breaths. Maybe if you calm yourself down, you can fall asleep. I try to get comfortable in the bed, but it's just not working. I get out of bed, and I walk to the kitchen. I open the fridge, and I grab some stuff to make a sandwich. I'm not even hungry, but I'm just hoping a full stomach will make me tired. I let out a deep sigh, and I started to grab a pan. I cut up some butter and dropped it in the pan with some bread. <laughs> I don't know why this is so funny to me, but it really is. Okay. <laughs> As I grabbed the knife and started slicing the cheese, a pair of arms slipped around my waist. Oh, fuck. I dropped the knife on the cutting board and I groaned. Jesus Christ, you can't sneak up on me, especially at 4.40 in the morning. He sighs and says, I'm sorry, babe. I smile and turn my head. It's okay. Give me a kiss. He moves my hair and grips my chin and kisses me. When I pull away, he tries to turn my face back, but I protest. Stop. You're going to make me burn my sandwich. I grab the knife and start cutting the cheese again. When I try to walk, his arms stay wrapped around my waist. Um, I can't cook 
like this, Eros. E-R-O-S, the Greek god that you might know better as Cupid. Uh, I'm just taking a moment to drink in that, that she calls him Eros unironically. <clears throat> I'm, it seems unironic. Here we go. <clears throat> I'm not moving. Figure it out. I clench my draw and I try and walk. I take one step and he steps with me. At least you're cooperating. Thank you. I place the cheese on the bread and I start to make the grilled cheese. I'm now suddenly craving. <laughs> this is great. This is fucking amazing. What are you making? A grilled cheese. He hums in my ear. He says, sounds good. Make me one. I scoff at the question. Baby, there's no more bread. Then give me some of yours, please. I grab the spatula and flip the sandwich. Fine, only two bites. One arm leaves my waist, and he grabs the plate. Here. I smile at the gesture, and we stumble back over the island. I slice the sandwich in half and take a bite. I softly moan at how good it tastes. Mm. Fuck, this is good. God damn it, I'm hungry. I feel safe. I feel, uh oh. I feel him shift behind me, and he whispers, Can I get some? You've already fucking secured your bounty, dude. His hands start to shift over my stomach, and a shiver goes through my body. I lift the sandwich, and he takes a bite. When I go to put the sandwich down, I hear a deep tone. Can I have some more? Please. I'm not sure what the man is doing. I feel good fingertips graze my neck, and he lightly kisses it. Can I, baby? My breath hitches in my throat, and I slowly lift it. He takes another bite, smaller this time, and again, I feel a little kiss. Mm, so soft. His lips keep placing soft kisses on my neck until he reaches my ear. He bites down on my earlobe and let out a soft moan. Mm, I still want more, baby. He moves his head over the other side and kisses my neck. I... Eros, what are you doing? In between kisses, he says, I don't know. His hand slips underneath my dress, and he runs his fingers from the bottom of my slit to my clit. Oh, look at that. I shudder at the contact of my knees almost buckle. I've got you, baby. He lifts me onto the counter, and for the first time this night, I can see his face. He bends down and places both his hands on my thighs. I can feel the heat radiating from his hands as he slowly pushes my dress to my hips. Author's note, all women who can't sleep definitely put on dresses at 5 a.m. to make a grilled cheese fucking sandwich. His eyes aren't looking anywhere except on my leg. His hands run up and down my thighs and he stops at my knees. Can you spread them open for me? Please. My mouth drops open and I whisper out, Okay. I slowly spread them open and he lets out a whimper. 
fuck. Mm. He moved his face closer to me and was so close. So close! I could feel the warm breath on me and it drove me crazy. Oh, how are you so fucking wet? He whispered to himself, Please, don't just stay there. Do something. My heart starts to race and my nails scratch the countertop as he blows on it. <laughs> it makes it sound like he's blowing on the countertop. That's so funny. Blowing on a pussy's not great. You're gonna get a you're gonna get a queef if you blow directly into a pussy like you can't just like it's a bubble wall and just be like you're an old map of the wind on the northeast corner. You can't just right into the pussy, I promise you that. We've all made that mistake. Like, oh baby, this pussy's so hot. I'm gonna cool it down. But it was a mistake. Uh, that's not a great move, but at least you understand what he's doing there. The way it's written, it does sound like he spread her pussy legs open and started blowing that fucking countertop, though. Oh, you like that? Yeah? You like me blowing into your pussy? Before I could answer, he drew again, but harder this time. The cool air felt so good against me. I want him to do it again. But I'm so fucking horny. I don't care what he does at this point. Sit up more. Look at me. I sit up and look down. The second our eyes locked, he latched his lips onto my clip. My eyebrows furrowed. And I yelled out a strange, Oh, fuck. The entire time he kept his eyes on me, though the second I closed mine, he stopped and stood up immediately, grabbing me by the throat. He growls at me. Keep your fucking eyes open. I said keep your eyes open. He lets me go roughly and goes back down. He seems much angrier now than I can tell that I'm afraid or aroused. With our eyes still locked on each other, he starts to push in a finger. Oh my god. Oh my god. I felt my eyes closing and there was nothing I could do to stop it. When darkness was the only thing I saw, I felt the best and worst thing of my life. Sure as hell made me open my eyes. I heard a deep growl and then I felt empty. All I heard was a whip in the air and a slap on my pussy. I screamed out fuck as he kept doing it. I said... You keep your fucking eyes open. And then two more extremely hard slaps. It was such a foreign feeling to me. I can't lie. I started to like it. I closed my eyes again, hoping he'd catch on. But another part of me felt so embarrassed. Didn't I just? He slapped my pussy harder than the other times. And I felt my back arch and nails scratching the counter. My eyes fluttered open as I was met with his face in front of mine. Do you like this? His fingers showed up my stomach and he whispered, Do you like it when I press down like this? With his eyes locked on mine, he slowly pressed down on my stomach and my mouth drops open. <sighs> Holy fuck, Eros. 
He gives me a sinister smile and he bites my bottom lip. Mm, I knew you'd like that. Can I slap it again? Yeah, would you like that? He brings his hand up on my throat and he whispers, Can I slap that cunt until you come, princess? With each word, he wraps his hand tighter around my throat. Can you come, baby? I know you want to. My mouth drops open and I watch his arm move back and forth as he feels the slaps on my pussy. My hand reaches up to his arms and I push his hand harder into my throat. He growls at my intonation and he listens. Are you gonna come, baby? I nod my head and I croak out. Yes, yes, yes. Go ahead, baby. Come. He squeezes his hand tighter and he starts to slap faster and faster. Ugh. I let out a scream when I feel his orgasm rush into me. My legs shake as he pushes in two fingers. Fuck, you're so warm, baby. Come on, my fingers. Come on, them. God, I fucking love making that cunt come. My head drops as he presses down on my stomach. My body arches into his as he starts to kiss me. He keeps pushing his fingers in and out, and my body feels rigid. I feel another orgasm building in my stomach when he says, Are you gonna fucking come for me? My eyes struggle to stay open, and he shakes my head. Keep your eyes open. Look at me! Look me in the eyes! Tell me how bad you need to come. Tell me how bad you want these fingers to feel. Tell me how bad you fucking need this mouth. Tell me how bad you fucking need me. I may have jazzed that up a little bit. His fingers move in faster than before, and I barely whisper the words out. My hands deathly grip the edge on the counter as my thighs shake it out, and I say, please, 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 come. I grab his hand and push it harder as I cry out, Eros, please, I'm so close, I'm right here. He grips the head harder. Tell me how you love my fingers. Tell me how you love me. Tell me how you need it. I want to hear it. I'm not sure what demon possessed me, but the words I said next got me a stricken straight to hell. My eyes locked in him, and I said, Can you make your pussy come, baby? His eyes widened, his lips parted. Can you make your pussy come all over your hand? Please. I need it so bad. My other hand slips up my throat, and I slowly wrap my fingers around my neck. I've missed your fingers. My hands squeeze as my eyes close as I squeeze slightly for a few seconds. When I let go, my eyes snap open and I felt that knot unravel in my stomach. Fuck me. Fuck me, Eros. He pulls his hands out and he slips his cock in. My hand wraps around my throat again and he whispers, Choke yourself again. That was fucking hot. His hips quickly snap back up and forth against me, and I keep squeezing tighter and tighter. Look at me. Fucking look at me! Oh, God. I'm about to fucking come. He keeps that tight grip on the back of my head as he whispers, I fucking love this pussy. I fucking love it. Fuck me, baby. Fuck me, baby. Fuck me. My hand squeezes around my neck for the last time tonight, and we both come. Whispers and cries as both of us spilled out into each other's moans. His lips stay on mine as he fucks us through our orgasm. In between kisses, small I love yous fall out of his mouth. He didn't expect that. I can't even catch my breath. I'm... Can we go to bed? I nod my head as he's barely able to pick me up. We waddle back to the bedroom and fall into it. 
He pulls us under the covers, and I'm too weak to do anything. His arms slip under my waist, and he pulls me towards his body. He swipes the hair away from my face, and he says, Are you okay? The smile to myself, and I nod my head. Thank you, baby. And he looks up and down. That was amazing. He grins at me and leans down to kiss me. I love you. What? No! They take the stove off. She described the st- All right, the gals in chat are talking about how, like, they're worried about the sandwich. My God, the sandwich got almost more play than the sexual pussy- than the, Like, the pussy plate. Are you kidding me? She described- I know that fucking kitchen layout better than I should, and I'm really pissed off. He did not eat the whole thing. She cut it in two halves. She was eating one moaning, saying how good it was. She offered him the other half. He kept eating it. Then he ate her. Come on. They talked about that sandwich so fucking much. The sandwich had second billing. It went her, sandwich, eros. That was the main character contribution for everybody in that fuck. All right. All right. Now it got grilled. She put it in a pan with butter. Apparently the last two slices. Also, I'm just telling you right now, if I follow a woman to a kitchen at 5 o'clock in the morning, she better be making me something better than fucking grilled cheese. If you're getting me out of bed at 5 in the fucking morning, especially to eat some pussy, you better be making something delicious. All right, guys, I think that kind of counts as a show. That was two hours long. I know there was a lot of porn at the end. There was a lot of rambling, but you like it when I feel good, and I feel good. Let's go for 90 minutes to two hours next week. If you girls actually show up, you have the requests, all the rest. We mostly got through everything. I've got a couple of porn pieces. But besides that, I'm going to need all brand new requests next week. Your poetry, your love letters, your quick quotes. I need you to come out and do it for me. Do you want to keep this Jubilee on and going? I know you do. Please help me to do so. From me, from Allie, from the devoted followers on Patreon and all the rest, thank you for being a lovely lady of the night, keeping the podcast going forward. Uh, once again, for me, because I actually use your money to buy you know, food and shit like Eros. I love you and all the things that you allow me to do in this world. I really, really do. And I'm trying to foster and show that attitude every time I come on stage now, even if I get a little irritated, a little snappy, even if I'm not having the best day or the best week, because I didn't, and I really enjoyed this and looked forward to it. I'm going to do the exact same next week. Won't you come on out? Won't you see there? Thank you, Allie. Thank you, Arya. Thank you, Serena. Thank you to everybody who makes this possible. I appreciate you all. See you next week, next Friday, 10 p.m. Eastern, on the server for a live show. Good night.